Hey folks, Brendan from Blue Light here, and if you are listening to this, then you're listening to the only podcast that can help you join the police, and once you're in the police, give you all the guidance and support that you need to have the most fulfilling and successful career ever. If you're watching this, then it's on YouTube, or on Facebook, or Twitter or another medium. So yes, today is a bit of a first for me. I've decided to YouTube this podcast. So recording it both uh, audibly so you can listen to this on my podcasts and also so you can watch it as well. Because I was thinking about this subject that I'm going to cover today and thinking I need to do a video, I need to do a podcast. Hey, why don't I just do them both? So let's see how this works out. So today I want to talk to you about policing degrees. Again, this has hit the news in respect of, well, let's just have a look at the uh, headline. So here's Chief Constable Nick Adley from Northamptonshire Police. Um, Nick was a superintendent, chief superintendent in a GMP, Great Master Police, when I was there as an inspector. So I've got to say, awesome guy, uh, really good leader, but I've got to disagree with him here. And that's okay. We're allowed to disagree, by the way. If we all agreed on everything, then that'd be a pretty, pretty boring life, wouldn't it? So the headline is that graduate police recruits are taken aback by violence, sadly lacking in life experience and aren't prepared to work nights and weekends, Chief Constable Nick Adderley says. So um, the, the, the emphasis here is that uh, graduates who are joining the police aren't ready for policing. And there's also uh, a load of hoo-ha about why do police officers actually need a degree to join? So there's a couple of th- there's a few things we're going to deal with here. First of all, let's park this one and get it out of the way. You do not need to have a degree to join the police. All right, I'm going to make this really, really clear. You don't have to have a degree to join the police. You will need a degree at some point because there's three entry routes three entry routes. The first one is that you've got a recognised policing degree. Now, a lot of you have got policing degrees, but they're not recognised for the purposes of the Police Educational Qualifications Framework, the PEQF. I think I got that right. Um, And I'll tell you a little bit about the history of that in this podcast and in this video as well. So, um, three entry routes. That's the first one. And the only policing degrees that were recognised, I think they finished this summer. So this autumn, the individuals who've got those policing degrees will be going into policing. Hopefully, they've still got to apply like everyone else. And I have heard from one person who's hoping to join Durham, I believe it is, who graduates this summer. And uh, they've already been told that there won't be an intake for them for a long time anyway, because there's so few of them. So (laughs) that's a bit of an issue. Um, uh, The second way in is if you have a degree in anything, you can join the police. You could join the police before with a degree in anything. So there's no change there. It's just that now you'd be expected to do a postgraduate diploma in policing so that the training you do will result at some point in a postgraduate degree in policing, postgraduate diploma in policing. The third entry route, and this is the one that bugs that idea, that concept that you see in the press, that you see all over Twitter and social media. The third entry route is the police constable degree apprenticeship. Now, if you go in via the police constable degree apprenticeship, you are going into a route where you will get a degree at the end of your training. So you don't have to have a degree to get in 
but you will get a degree at the end of your training. Now, what's the background to all of this? Well, in the late, uh, I think it was around 2018, 2017, something like that. Now, I might have got the, the, the year slightly wrong, but the College of Policing, the Police Federation, National Police Chiefs Council, all the stakeholders started to look at police training because it was deemed not to be fit for purpose. It was deemed that the curriculum was out of date, the way it, people were trained was out of date. It needed revamping. And it needed revamping to make it... Um, meet the needs of the service. So there was a big consultation that was done. I wasn't part of it, but I know there was a big consultation. And eventually they came up with, this is what the ideal training package would look like. And this is what police officers will need to learn and understand and be able to do at the end of that training package. Now they took that to the, um, I don't know what they're called, the Apprenticeship Council, if you like, uh, some organisation like that that governs the delivery of apprenticeships. Uh, And what they said was, Actually, if you do all of this, then and you learn at that level, it's learning at level six, which is degree level learning, which then got the college policing thinking, well, if they're doing all of that work over a three year period and it is equivalent to a degree, why don't we just award them a degree? So it's not that you need a degree to be a police officer. It's just that the qualification you get at the end of the process will be a policing degree. Now, you might be thinking, well, what existed before? Well, frankly, nothing. (laughs) So I served for 28 years in the police service in three different forces, and I'm a completely unqualified police officer. I hold no qualifications whatsoever in policing. I managed to bumble my way through, um, sometimes bumbling better, sometimes bumbling worse, but I got through it, And but I'm not qualified to be a police officer. And whilst that might have been okay back in the 1970s, 80s, and, you know, whenever, back in the day, I'm not sure if it's okay now. Because would you would you trust a teacher who wasn't qualified? Would you send your children, if you had children, to school if the teachers weren't qualified? If you have got young children, would you send them to a nursery? Would you send them to childcare if those responsible for the childcare didn't have any qualifications? And so on and so forth. Most professions now are governed by some kind of qualification system. You have to be qualified to be in that position, except for the police. And that was the problem. The police had no, well, they had a qualifications framework. I know that because I worked on it back in the early noughties, but it was vocational. It was MVQ, and there just wasn't an appetite for it. And there's no need for it. Well, there was a need for it, but there's no one mandating it to say that you've got to be qualified. So there was no uptake because it's expensive. It, it costs a lot of money to put it into place. It's time. You need assessors. You need all the, everything. So eventually they've bitten the bullet, and they've come up with, okay, it's not going to be a vocational qualification, but you're going to get a degree at the end of it. So hopefully this is making sense, folks, and I've bust a few myths. You do not need a qualification. So you do not need a degree to join the police, but you do need to be qualified. Not to join the police, but once you've finished your training, you need to be qualified. And if you don't succeed in getting that qualification, then what that means is that you're clearly not suitable to be a police officer. So you'd be out of a job. But why is that so unusual? If you don't get your qualification as a teacher, you're not going to be a teacher. If you don't get your qualification as a police officer, you're not going to be a police officer. If you don't get your qualification as a nurse, you're not going to be a nurse. If you don't get your qualification as a doctor, you're not going to be a doctor. Why should policing be any different? 
So there you go, folks. Those are the three entry routes in. That's one myth bust. Now, let's have a look at some other issues to do with this whole policing degree malarkey. Um, so, yeah, there are some issues, though, because if it's the police constable degree apprenticeship, some forces don't pay as much as the entry route that used to exist. So it, it there's a big it depends across the country in terms of pay. And that is going to put off a lot of older joiners. Because I know quite a lot of people who are looking to join the police who are in their 30s and their 40s and they're taking a massive pay drop to join the police. So having a pay scale which is um, based on apprenticeships across the country. So I think a, I think the initial proposal was about 18,500. Um, a lot of forces decided to up that. So I think it varies now between about 21,000 and 24,000. Bearing in mind, the starting salary for a constable several years ago was 24,000 uh, or around there. So it, it's not that good. It rises quickly. So after about eight years, I think you're at about £40,000, which is not bad going. Um, but for those people who are already committed to a career or family or something, which means that they need a certain amount of money to live for their family, they can't afford the pay drop. So there's a lot of people who aren't joining the police because of that. So my suggestion, that actually there's no reason why you could not have a pay scale that's based on experience. So if you are coming out of the military, and that's another big chunk of people who might get put off by this, if you're coming out of the military after a 12-year commission or service or whatever it is that you may have done in the military, and you're hoping to join the police, you may not be able to afford, because you've got a family or other commitments, or and commitments, you may not be able to afford to take that pay drop down to uh, £21,000, or some forces pay twenty-four, but even then... That's not a lot. So is there any reason why you couldn't pay them based on experience? £28,000. Put them on, start them on scale four of or whatever it's called, which would be about £28,000, £30,000. Is there any reason why you couldn't do that? So Nick Adderley might have a point here if he's talking about police recruits are taken aback by violence and they're lacking in life experience. It may just be because of their age. But is that such a barrier to join the police? I joined when I was 20, and I was fairly clueless. So I've got to say that, you know, I was a bit naive, but I soon learned, and I picked up the life experience I needed through my service in the police. Saying that, though, it was a real mixed bag. In my intake, we had people in their 30s, people as young as me, and people younger. We had 18-year-olds in my intake. So this isn't a new thing. This is not a new thing. Um, I think the, what Nick Adley is actually describing isn't a problem with the degree, because I'll, I'll read some of the article to you. Um, it talks about police recruits joining after university are not prepared to work nights or weekends and are sadly lacking in life experience, a chief constable has said. Graduates won't commit to working on sociable hours and are unwilling to face the violence that the job entails, Nick Adley of Northampton University. university sorry. Uh, Nick Adley of Northamptonshire Constabulary, not University, um, has said. Um, and he's, got, he's voicing his strong feelings against the College of Policing's plans to require all recruits to gain a degree before joining the force, which is incorrect, as I said before, rather than the traditional training programme. The traditional training programme was the one that all the chiefs, including you, Nick, said wasn't fit for purpose. We need to design something else. So they've designed something else and decided that, yeah, let's award a degree at the end of it. 
So it's nothing to do with um, lacking a life experience. Uh, police chief said he believes the very, very young workforce coming through who believe they're invincible, I don't know where he gets that from, uh, will cause, cause a perfect storm when combined with the growing anti-police violence forces are now facing. Let's see what else he's got to say. Um, he told Police Oracle, that's where the article first appeared, some new recruits in Northamptonshire have been so taken aback by the role and the violence the force deals with that they've walked out of self-defence training. Some told the force they hadn't realised that working weekends and nights was part of their role. Um, and Nick had said that some recruits have no life experience and he clearly, uh, he tells them that the training is not an extension of Sixth Form College. This is really serious business. Um, and there's other things that are said as well. Uh, already 40% of the force Northamptonshire have served for fewer than four years. If you do the math of the number of people joining and the number of people leaving, that's going to get worse uh, right across the country. So right across the country in about a year or two, about 50% of all police officers will have less than five years service. Um, so has this got anything to do with degrees? I don't think it has. Nick, it's got nothing to do with having a degree or not having a degree. It has got something to do with life experience. It has got something to do with recognising the impact of being a police officer is going to have on your personal life and on your professional life. It has got something to do with knowing what you're letting yourself in for. It has got something to do with your values and motivation. It has got something to do with your past life experience. And that's not to say someone who's 18 can't have awesome life experience by doing Duke of Edinburgh, part-time jobs, um, volunteering as a citizen for different charities. At 18, yes, you could do all of those things by 18. I know that because I've got more than hundreds of clients who've done that and they've got in and they've been successful. It's nothing to do with a degree. It's nothing to do with all the things that you pointed out there, Nick, as far as I'm concerned. What it's got something to do with is your recruitment process. Your recruitment process should be weeding out those individuals. It should be weeding out those individuals who aren't prepared to work nights. It should be weeding out those individuals who don't recognise what the role actually entails. It should be weeding out those individuals who haven't got the right motivational values. But sadly, the recruitment process at the moment does not do that. Some forces do have an interview which does target motivation and values. If you look at the likes of North Yorkshire Police, they have a strengths and values based interview which is very much focused on that. But honestly, there's 40, almost 50 different ways of getting into the police. 43 of them, the Home Office Forces of England and Wales, have to run the online assessment centre. Now, this might be the problem, Nick, because the online assessment centre, which was introduced because of COVID, is run by the College of Policing. Can I share with you that there is no human interaction at all? Full stop. There is no human interaction in that assessment centre at all. And there is no, there's no direct questions and there's nothing aimed at discovering what your values and motivation is. There's no questions about what values are important to be a police officer. How, how will you be able to demonstrate those values in the future? Or how have you demonstrated those values in the past? There are no questions about why you want to be a police officer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Actually, it's probably only about half the forces in the country actually ask that question. And it's probably only about half the forces in the country actually ask any questions whatsoever about your values. 
So here's something else that might surprise you, Nick, and others. <laughs> Sorry, it seems like I'm directing this at Nick Adley. Uh, I'd be very surprised if he listens to it. So there you go. There's a challenge, Nick. If you get this far, then thank you for listening. And like I said, I think you're a great leader. You know, kind of worked with you once or twice in GMP, and I do like I do like your style. But I think you're wrong here, and you're making the wrong representations to the wrong people. No, the wrong representations to the right people, because this is about the College of Policing recruitment process. Now, would it also surprise you that there's some forces out there? West Midlands Police is one of them, and uh, Dave Thompson, Sir Dave Thompson, uh, one of my old colleagues, if you're listening to this, would it surprise you that in your force, people can join your force as a constable, and the first time they actually get to speak to a human is on day one? That's right. The first time they actually get to speak to a real human being as part of the recruitment process is on the first day that they join. All right, they might speak to someone as part of the medical, but I do believe that you do the fitness test on the first day. Or even if you do the fitness test before that, because I know some forces will get you to film yourself doing the fitness test, and then on your first day, you'll do it again just to make sure that you are fit for the job. But even if you do your fitness test and your medical, there are no questions. The assessor for the fitness test just wants to see that you can do 5.4 in the bleep test. They'll give you some instructions. You do the running and then you pass. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Medical, it might be just cough, <laughs> bend your knee. <laughs> Let's have a look at your teeth. Let's have a look at your eyes. I don't know what they do in the medical these days. Um, urine sample. Do you still do those things? I know they take your hair sample these days as well, but that's it there's nothing no other questions so for west midlands police and others the first day you actually speak to a real human being is on your first day the first day of your job first day as a constable so no surprise there's officers who just haven't got a clue what the job entails because i could coach my 12 year old daughter to pass the assessment center it's so formulaic it's so predictable uh, my 12 year old daughter could pass it uh, she will should be a terrible police officer. She'd be the first to admit that. She's very artistic, very creative. Actually, the police service might need a bit of artistic uh, creativity, but she has no desire whatsoever to be a police officer, but I could coach her to pass it uh, easily, easily. I put money on that. Uh, actually, here's the challenge, College of Policing. £1,000 to a charity of your choice. Uh, you let me put my daughter through the online assessment centre. If she fails, I will donate £1,000 to a charity of your choice. If she passes, you owe me nothing. How about that as a challenge, eh? How about that as a challenge? That's how, com how convinced I am that she will pass with my support. And if there's anyone else watching from another force thinking, ah, oh, yeah, but we, we have our own uh, final interview, don't be so smug because your final interview, again, most of them are incredibly predictable. There's uh, a lot of forces out there will just ask you six questions from these uh, six of the values and competencies. Uh, tell me about the time you solved a problem. Tell me about the time you worked with others to... Um, uh, solve a problem or tell me about a time you've taken responsibility for a task tell me about a time you've made a difficult decision tell me about a time when you challenged someone's inappropriate behavior tell me about a time when you've done the right thing even when doing nothing would have been an easier option tell me about a time when you've um, managed either managed change or gone through a change process tell me about a time when you've had to prioritize a number of different tasks oh they're all so predictable questions all so predictable all fairly boring all very formulaic because the competency and values framework tells you what each one of the competencies or the values is looking for in terms of behaviours. That's the marking guide that you're using so you can actually play the system. 
you can play the system. So my plea forces is that you do something a little bit more so that you don't have your chief constable bellyaching about the fact that there's constables joining who didn't know there's going to be violence or night shifts. You should weed that out. You should weed that out. Um, I'm going to suggest something here, that you need to invest a little bit more than a 45-minute interview. Um, West Midlands Police, Dave, you need to just invest, full stop, because at the moment you're just relying on the online assessment centre. See, see the above, what I just said about my 12-year-old daughter. So you're banking up a lot of problems for yourself there, a huge number of problems. And if you think about it, the investment you're making in that individual in financial terms is going to cost you, I don't know, my guess is in excess of £2 million. So someone does a 35-year career, gets to the rank of inspector and leaves their pension, pay and everything that's gone into keeping them in the workplace, supporting them and enabling them. That, that bill is in excess of £2 million easily easily if they're the wrong sort of person they can do untold damage to the community if they're the right sort of person they can do some amazing things and for some forces you're determining that without actually speaking to them it's got nothing to do with degrees this absolutely nothing to do with whether you've got a degree or not got a degree or whether you need to work towards a degree nothing to do with it nothing whatsoever it's to do with your recruitment process if you're not speaking to people at all ever before their first day don't be surprised if you've got a few wrong-uns in the, your um, uh, intakes and then you're gonna have to spend a lot of time and effort removing them using reg 13 which isn't easy so i think we need something more than just 45 minutes even for those forces who do have a 45 minute to an hour long interview i think there's something needed that's more than that and I'm not suggesting that we go back to what I went through in the 1980s. In 1995, I joined the Cheshire Constabulary. I think in total, there's about five or six days worth of assessment. One of them was a half day. Um, next one was a full day. And if you got through that full day, you then went for three days and two nights in the Welsh mountains. Um, Nick, if you're still listening to this, I think you're ex-Cheshire anyway. You might have gone through it. You might have known Dovey. Um, and the, the beasting you'd get and the weird and wonderful exercises, subject of another podcast of another video, but some really extraordinary exercises that you had to do. And then after that, you had an interview with a senior officer. So they weed, but they weeded people out, the people they didn't want, whether the criteria were right or wrong, doesn't really matter. You know, trying to cross a fast flowing river that you were never going to cross as part of a team. What how, what criteria were you being assessed against there? I don't know. Uh, being blindfolded and folding off a back of an oil barrel at 11 o'clock at night um, backwards where they'd catch you and you didn't know they were going to catch you, see if, see if you could follow orders. Um, I don't know what that was testing, but at least back in the 80s, it was weeding people out that they didn't want. Um, and I've got to say, Cheshire back then that had a really good retention rate and uh, the officers I worked alongside, they were, they were awesome people absolutely awesome um and not one of them ever said what night shift not one of them ever said what well, people might be violent towards us we all knew what we we're letting ourselves in for because it was all part of the recruitment process now that might be a bit extreme and perhaps forces can't afford to go to something that's five days long but something that's 45 minutes long or not long at all that's not acceptable is it so don't be surprised, police forces, like I said before, when you get people that are just not right for the job.
that to the degree, is it a good thing? I don't know. Time will tell. Um, but I think it's a good thing that police officers get the opportunity to get a qualification to demonstrate their competence, demonstrate um, that the service values them for what they've done, for their knowledge, their understanding, and their ability to put that knowledge and understanding into practice. So I kind of like that idea. I think the way it's been marketed might be wrong. If we go back to the original concept that we've worked out this is the new training that you're going to be doing, it's going to meet the needs of the now and meet the needs of the future. And at the end of it, you're going to be prepared better for the complexity of the world that you're in. Now, there's a police and crime commissioner just recently, just, um, I can't remember his name now, but he was saying, I can't see how a degree is going to help you fight crime. Well, I thought it was a bit naive that, actually, for a policing and crime commissioner. You think policing is just about fighting crime? It's one part of it. But it was Sir Robert Peel in 1829 who talked about how the role is about community welfare in existence. Something about um, prevention, problem solving, working alongside partner organisations, complexity, social issues, ensuring that neighbourhoods are good places to live in, where people feel safe. Uh, that, for me, would be a big part of the role of a police officer. Um, and as well, you need to have knowledge of the law and how to put it into practice. You need to know how to arrest someone. You need to know how to conduct a stop and search properly. And it's all included in the degree programme. What's so bad about that? And if at the end of the programme, you can't quite cut it, then it's not about failing a degree. It's about failing the training programme, which the police design themselves to meet their needs and the needs of communities. The degree, I think, is just a big red herring. So every time I see something in the press about degrees, and every time I see a chief constable now talking about degrees and how they're really needed and can we turn the clock back, well, you're turning the clock back on something you wanted. Anyway, there you go, folks. Um, my thoughts on policing degrees. Um, if you're finding it a bit confusing then you can be forgiven for that because it's not the degree thing that's confusing because there's only three entry points. The other big issue, I think, um, as well as the recruitment process, is the actual requirements, the educational requirements for people to actually enter into the police service because they vary across the country. Merseyside Police, all they want is two GCSEs, maths and English. Two GCSEs, maths and English. Go to the other side of the country, Northumbria, they want 180 UCAS points. That's the equivalent of three Bs at A-level, all life experience. But they're being a bit vague about what life experience means. I do believe that to demonstrate that life experience means writing an essay. The essay is assessed, though, not by the police service, but by the university. That's my understanding. So um, it's not actually the police selecting you. It's the university that's selecting you. So I'm not quite sure if I get that. Please, someone, if I'm wrong there, tell me. But certainly my understanding, um, I know someone's had to do that for Cleveland recently. Uh, actually, it might be Tyneside University. Might have got that wrong. Um, Tyneside University um, are making them do that. Um, Northumbria, though, Newcastle University, they still look for life experience. How they assess that, I don't know. 
and what they determine to be a suitable life experience, I don't know. But 180 UCAS points, um, which is three Bs at A-level. Listen, in 1980, no, 1982, when was it, 84? Anyway, back in the early 80s, I had an offer to do medicine at Dundee University of two Bs and a C, and I failed that. (laughs) So the fact that you've got to have three Bs at A-level to join the Northumbria Constabulary. My goodness. So, and there's everything in between. So that's something that needs sorting out, I think, as well, College of Policing. Uh, but they can't do that because every university that runs the College of Policing's degree on their behalf can mandate the qualifications that are required for people to go in. And this might have something to do with game playing the success rates. So John Moore's University in Liverpool, if you just want two GCSEs, then I would suggest that actually you might have quite a high fail rate because two two GCSEs doesn't demonstrate the academic capability to be able to complete the training which will be awarded a degree at the end of it. It's not about completing the degree. It's about being able to cope with the training and cope with the level of understanding and practice that's needed in that training. And at the end of it, you get a degree. So if you can't hack that training with a GCS, two GCSEs, they may struggle. So they may have a high fail rate uh, for their apprenticeship scheme, which when they start game playing stuff around apprenticeships and success rates and stuff like that may not look good. It's a subject of a different podcast. Northumbria may be game playing, game playing the other way, because if you've got people coming in who've got three Bs at A level, it's more likely than not that they're going to be able to cope with the rigours of the study that's needed in the training that was designed by the police that gets a degree awarded to it at the very end. So there you go. There's another issue, folks. Check with your force before you apply to ensure that you've got the right qualifications because so many of my clients get all the way to the end of the process and then the force checks their qualifications and sends them an email to say, you've not got the right qualifications. Thanks very much for your interest. Goodbye. And we don't want that, do we? All right, folks. Well, listen, uh, in my aim to ensure that all the podcasts are less than 30 minutes, this one's 29 minutes now, about to wrap up. But if you want to find out more and continue this discussion, please do go to Facebook and look up uh, in groups, uh, Blue Light and Police Recruitment. And there you'll find the group that's got over 16,000 members. What an awesome group that is. It's amazing. And if you're a serving police officer and you're interested in Um, ensuring that your career is successful and fulfilling and exciting and motivates you on a daily basis, making sure that you're playing to your element and playing to your strengths, then there's a group for you as well. So go into groups um, on Facebook and look for Enforced Development, Blue Light Enforced Development, and you'll find that group asked to join. Persuade me you're a serving police officer and I'll let you in. All right, folks, well, listen, uh, thank you very much for listening, as always. And if you've got any comments or suggestions or this has really riled you, please do get in touch and let me know. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. And if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, I hope the podcast thing, the video thing and podcast and everything has worked out okay. Um, I couldn't figure out where to look. I was just like looking at the microphone because that's what I normally do, look at the microphone and the, 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 the timber of the sound is better. Or should I look at the camera? Or should I try and do both? I think I've tried to do both. I'll get the hang of it eventually. All right, folks. Well, listen, stay safe. Look after each other. Look after yourselves. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye for now.